This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Content is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hello, my name is Karina Givargasov. What I love about content is that it's shareable. It can provoke an emotion. It can move you to tears. It can uplift you. Um, and it can bring a community together. That's what I love about content. What's it like to build a magazine from scratch in your living room with a team of interns Oh, without any experience, because you came from the fashion world, not publishing. And not just any magazine, it's digital, and turns pages so the experience is like a printed magazine with rich media included inside of that. And each issue is more than 400 pages of extraordinary content with remarkable personalities. And if that weren't enough, it has a strong social mission at its core. Coming up... You'll hear from someone who did that, and in an inspiring way, in a live audience interview, which concludes with a very moving and personal story of falling and getting up again. You're listening to Content Is Your Business, conversations with industry leaders and influencers, covering the strategy and innovation of brand storytelling. Produced by Mouth Media Network and recorded on location. Welcome, everybody, to a Mouth Media Live. This is a special rendition of Content Is Your Business, and we're here, of course, uh, at Spring Place, uh, which is a beautiful co-working place in New York City. Uh, glad that everyone is here with us. Um, I'm going to start off with this, Karina, a real quick intro question, which is just tell us about yourself, kind of your path leading up to Mission Magazine, and a little bit about what Mission's all about. Um I used to be a fashion editor, a stylist. I started in London. I moved here 17 years ago um, and I was freelance. And um, the catalyst for me starting Mission was actually um, a dear friend of mine who's here this evening who got breast cancer. Um, It's my friend Libby, who's over here, who's my mate in the corner over there. Um, Mm -hmm. And seeing, um, who's doing great. She was the catalyst, really, for me just not wanting to kind of do a career that I, I, I couldn't do anymore because of a personal tragedy, tragedy I'd gone through in England. Um, seeing my friends suffer, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. I want to I wanna combine fa- fashion and philanthropy together. How can I do that? It's not been done before. And I want to be really, really disruptive um, and raise an awareness to really important social causes. And cause trouble in a good way. And that and that brings you to Mission, yes. the troublemaker. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Mission Magazine. Um, every six months we focus on a different cause. And we came out last year with Tina Brown on the cover. Um, and it was Women of Empowerment, the first issue. And I'm very vocal to say and make the point that we came out not following the movement of the Women's March. We actually made the decision to launch the Women's Issue coming out of the Tina Brown summit um, and that kind of changed that topic. So that was in, I think, the end of April 2016. And then um, I I thought a different president was going to be down there. Me too. Um, That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to put no (laughs) politics tonight um, on record. Um, And um, it kind of changed the course. And we struggled hard to kind of, to begin with, to try and get momentum and get people involved. And then 
January kind of mm. just the doors opened and we we had so many people wanting to be part of it which was fantastic um and we're just saying look we're building a fashion ecosystem we're building a community and a platform that people that want to have a voice they want to do something to do something really good leave your vanity your ego at home I don't we're not into that we're not that kind of company at all and it's kind of open door policy if anyone wants to have a voice they want to do something we come on board be part of this with us there's no airs or graces at all and it comes out of my living room with students and two amazing volunteers who are my fashion team who used to work with me and it's generally parsons girls that come and do it and when we did the first issue They'd be in my house till four in the morning, six mm -hmm. in the morning, working like crazy and super, super dedicated. Putting and together 400 plus pages yeah. of content. And no, That's unbelievable, by no the backer. way. No backer. Yeah. yeah. It was done from, we did, a, uh, we did a fundraiser at the top of the stand at the Boom Boom Rooms, January 2017, which was really bloody hard. Um, but they were really kind to support us and they gave us the space. Um, and then somebody working with me um, suggested you should get an auction, get Paddle 8 involved. And we had no idea how to do a fundraiser. How do you get an auction? How do you get pieces? And Andy Leibovitz was the first one to say yes, to give us work. And we didn't know her at all. I just, I've got a habit of emailing people just saying, you need to be part of this. And just being really blunt um, mm. and truthful. So the money from that raised, we got the first issue out and it was digitally interactive. It's not been done before. I don't know why. Um, it's on your mobile, it's on your iPad, and it comes because out of our living room. Because it takes a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, but there's what there was eight or nine of us out of my living room. Look at all these other massive companies mm -hmm. that have chucking loads of money at it, and it's. I just think it's it's very it was very exciting um, to do that. And just kind of touching on that, how do you decide which missions to get behind? Um, I just, I think I have a lot of passions about a lot of different things. Um, the first two were always decided. It was always going to be women and environment, which we're working on right now. And we're going to close that out soon, God willing, if we make that deadline. Um, the third one, fall, winter this year is mental health. Um, and I think what helps is being a foreigner here, seeing how certain topics are addressed or not addressed. Um, I want to do a human sex trafficking issue. Um, I think that's prevalent in America. I don't think it's discussed as much as it should be. Um, I want to do the, we're aiming for spring summer 2019 to be a teenage issue, which will cover social media, the impact of social media, young kids, mental health will come into that as well. We want to do an immigration one. We want to do a veteran one. We want to do AIDS. We want to do poverty. Uh, sadly, there's not enough topics that we can't cover there's just there's so much out there and we want to do it always in a, an upbeat positive way it has to be it has to be fun and engaging and respectful yeah. um just because there's too much out there that people read and it's it's too depressing otherwise i agree 100 percent. and then how do you decide which one takes priority um i guess because we're a small team and we don't have um a whole load of kind of corporate people to answer to just yet thankfully um we can be nimble and we can decide on um and it'll only be six months every issue biannual because we do like pavan was saying the first issue was 439 pages we do a really deep dive on each issue um we're very much supportive of the people that need to be showcased in the issue but i always am a big believer in the underdog 
as well, giving a shout out to people that need to be supported. You know, we we touched on how different the the format is of Mission Magazine. So uh, for folks that haven't uh, had a chance to go explore, you know, the first time that you flip through it, and it is a, a fully digital magazine, um, it's startling. Like, first of all, I love that it flips. Yes. Like a magazine will flip, yes. right? Thanks, Christiana. Um, Where is she? That's not lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. It gives you the, the, the feel of flipping through pages, which I do miss. Yes. Um, but it's the rich media that you attach to it, which the first time I came across a video that goes deeper into the story that you're editorializing was pretty impressive. It takes you back. Yeah. So even having, um, you know, pressing play and I'm forgetting the young woman's name, but she's a skate, uh, skateboarder from South oh, yeah. uh, Jamaica, yeah. Queens and, uh, pressing play on that. And then continuing to read that article, I could still hear it. Yeah. Yep. Her voice and her talking. I mean, it's it's a really incredibly immersive experience uh, being inside of the magazine. Do you know we had no rules? We had yeah. no, we had no, we'd never. This has never been done before. I knew nothing. You know, I joke to people and I say, four years ago, I was a stylist. I had my head between Matthew McConaughey's legs, tiny shoelaces. I didn't know what. <gasps> Well, and actually with that... I'm not going to comment on that. There's so much I could say and I won't because this has been recorded. No, knowing that, you know, you were a stylist and we share a previous, you know, brand that we were both uh, a part of, was there anything that you learned or took from WWD or like that now, like you think back and like can be applied Absolutely. to what you're doing now? Absolutely. And it's only when I was writing the editor's letter I realized being a stylist, actually there was a lot of job skills that came over and I'm sure you're the same now with what you've done um god can I remember them though um yeah there is in terms of um managing a team um make, meeting deadlines um being really good under pressure because when you work in fashion if you don't get that look number five from Calvin or Prada whoever and your boss wants it there is no no so you kind of figure out you you, you so, it's problem solving which is what you had to do a lot um and a lot of stress and exhaustion came with that past job. Um, but honestly, in hindsight, had I known truly how hard this would have been, I don't think I would have done it. I really don't. I honestly don't. It's been the most brutal, brutal. <laughs> last year was just, I was in a cave. I can't remember much of yeah. last year because it was like just the a, epitome of you thought you, oh, paid, you yeah. thought you paid your dues, right, in life, <laughs> professionally? I must have been a real cow in my but previous now. life. <laughs> <laughs> Continuously pay your dues. Because it. I'm still paying my dues. But yeah. I care about this. I, I care about this enormously. I don't, if I can't do this, I don't know what my next career would be. I really don't. There's nothing else I want to do but this. It just means that much to me and it validates. You know, we came out with Tina Brown on the cover. That to me says Tremendous. it all. That yeah. says it all. It's, you know, she's validated it. Dinah von Fostenberg validated it being in the issue. We've got the next one coming. And a fantastic interview you did with her. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, she's just so incredibly impressive and such an icon that... Um, I kind of was staring at her for a while while she was talking. I wanted to reach out and touch her face, but I couldn't because I thought that's weird. Um, but she was just absolutely amazing. It was surreal. It's It's been a surreal. The last two years have been very, very surreal, I have to say. Um, and it's getting even more bonkers um, in a good way. Mm. There's um, Every day is different. And I just don't know what's coming at us. And it's, um, you know, a lot of people probably think, 
we're still going and, and we go into stealth mode a lot of the time. We'll go quiet because mm-hmm. we're, we're chipping away because it's just, just a small team of us and none of us are getting paid to do this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, next thing you know, we've taken over Forbes Women Instagram last Friday and mm-hmm. we're like, boom, we're back in your face. We're not going away. It's it's a positive thing. It needs to exist. I, I strongly believe that. It'll never be your top 10 handbags or your lipstick or what I did on summer with my boyfriend. It's, it's, we're not that title. It really is socially cause driven. You talked a lot about, um, when I was reading some of some interviews with you about focusing on local mm-hmm. charities mm-hmm. first, like what, what was the thought process behind that decision and kind of going off of questions earlier, like how are you vetting those local charities? We actually have, I've been, incredibly lucky um in having brilliant brilliant support um i and i was saying this to you guys earlier we um when i started this four years ago we'd set it up as two entities for profit and not for profit um and then i when was it before we announced we were coming out i think it was august 2016 we came out actually in women's wear daily we first kind of i did feel i did full circle i came home love it um i was advised to um if 80 percent of the content is education and awareness only i can stick to just having it as a 501c3 and we actually got our 501c3 status in two months wow, it, wow. yeah it normally takes amazing. 14 months but um we had done um a prototype before i'd done i'd I, I spoke to my face work at the face in England and I spoke to the art directors there who went on to do pop and love magazine. I went, how did you do your prototype? And they went, Oh, we just tore out pages and scanned dips. And I went, Oh no, mate, can't do that. I'm in America. I get mm-hmm. sued to high heaven. I can't, I've <laughs> got to do. And so we, I did this magazine, which I, I made the intention of going after, uh, Lauren Bush, Lauren, we had, uh, Mary McCartney, Sam Taylor Johnson gave us pictures because I wanted to have content in the prototype that would then just easily transfer over to one. I didn't want to do content in here that was just going to not go anywhere. Um, and we got an exclusive Ralph Lauren um, interview, which was amazing to be part of it. Um, so, yeah, it's um, I've actually forgotten the question because <laughs> I'm exhausted because <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. Cheers to that. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you. I think I think it is a perfect time to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the the business side of things. Um, I mean, of course, you've been around magazines your whole life, so this was very yes. very simple for yes. you to bring about. And and talk a little bit more about how it works with the economics of giving back to the charities and the oh, work that, that you're doing. Great. That's your question. More when we come back with content is your business. I'm Michelle Park. Hello, world. I'm Stacey Eagle. And welcome to Mom Got Got This. We got this. We are so excited to host this show. We got this. We're going to have a show Monday through Thursday, and every day we're going to be talking to one amazing guest who also happens to be a mom, but every day we're going to be asking them about different parts of their life. What inspires them? What makes them happy? What makes them sad? What did they do before they made it? And most of all, their mom journey. Because these women have really made it. They really have. And they're all moms. Which is, I think, amazing in itself. Like being a mom is already a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And there's highs and there's lows and we're busy and we're juggling. And these are all working moms. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear their stories. What inspires them? What gets them down? 
What are the products they use and the recipes to make life easy? What products do they like? What they don't like? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm so excited about this. Every episode, we're actually going to hear from you guys, the listeners, because we want to hear your mom's got this moment. We want to hear about why your mom. So we want you to join us Monday through Thursday every week. And don't forget to subscribe. So make sure you go to our website, momsgotthispodcast.com. And use our hashtag, Mom's got this. <laughs> <laughs> Premieres May 14th on Mouth Media Network and sponsored in part by luxury footwear brand Tamara Mellon. So how do you choose the, the charities that you're donating to? And your focus, as you said before, was local first for now. Um, so what's that process? Um, we've got Grant Thornton who advise us um, on our um, doing due diligence and um, carefully, carefully vetting who we support. Um, and we also have Sidley Austin Law Firm who those those two companies, there's three people, in, in two in Sidley Austin and one in Grant Thornton. They've been by my side for two and a half, three years, pro bono. If I had to pay legal fees, I wouldn't, this wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be out. Um, and two of them are on the board of different organizations independently. Um, and they know that my, however the business is structured, for profit, not for profit, the end goal for me um, and the DNA of the brand is after operating costs, a percentage will go to a charity. And that will, the more money we start to make, the more money will go to a charity. Um, what I'm a really massive firm believer in is I don't want mission to write a check to an organization and that doesn't go anywhere and we don't know where it is. There's got to be a 360 follow-up. There's got to be storytelling behind that because why am I working really hard long hours to make the money come in to give to someone and, and they don't roll their sleeves up and get involved as well. Um, and I think since I've been learning about what philanthropy is and what charity is um, overall, but also in, in America, um, I want to understand where that money's going. And I think the public want to know where that money is going. I think that's really, um, we want to be, I know this is a term that I'm starting to hear a lot, um, but I'm going to use it, is radical transparency. Um, I think it's- I it's, love that term so much. It's key. Yeah. I think you have to be. You have to be answerable to- and accountable, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're asking someone to write you a check, whether it's, Joe Coffee gives you $10 or someone gives you $10,000, I think you've got to be very frank and honest to them and say, actually, your amount of money is going to X, Y, and Z. And we've carefully vetted them. We've, we've looked at their charity status. We've looked at their financials and we know that they're above board. But um, the local thing actually came eventually when we do get enough backing and support and financial support, I want to take it out of America, but, but in America too. Because um, so, I live here. This is my home town um, I've been here 17 years now um, I'm legal um, and um, but initially I let's just clear the air I wanted to I actually wanted to go to India I wanted to not physically but I wanted to have the money go to India initially um, before we started the first issue at all because I care very very much about women and young girls in India always have done it's always been something when I lived in London that really angered me, um, the treatment there. And Grant Thornton actually had a company, uh, um, a bicycle company that made rugged bikes for 
terrains that are um, like really like mountain bikes, but the frames were specially built. But they only were doing it in Africa, this company. I can't remember the name of the company. So he connected me to them and I, I, I convinced them. I said, no, no, I don't want to go to Africa. I want to go to India. You've done Africa. Let's leave that now. You've got that set. Let's go to India. Um, and then I was speaking to a, a family's friend's friend um, and she said, well, who's your NGO in India? And I went, NG what? What's that mm -hmm. mean? Don't know what that means. And she said, you can lend a carbon footprint. Your next issue is environment. You want to ship bikes from America to India. So all these little problems started coming on my head and going, oh, bloody hell. Oh, how do I do that? You're how just do trying do to do good. I'm just trying to do bloody you're getting, good. Yeah, and yeah. you're juggling all these balls and trying not to break plates. And it's just, yep. but then that's the thing about being nimble and a small organization that we can change direction if it's not working for us or if it's not, for sure. if we're hitting too many brick walls, we move on. Then it's happened for a reason. But that I will come back to that because I do care about that massively. Um, and, you know, I thought it would just be, I, my intention was to get girls to go to and from school for safety reasons. But then this other woman said to me, actually, they get home quicker, they do their homework quicker, they do their chores quicker because they've got back quicker on the bike, which leaves them longer time to do their homework and study because the young girls are the ones that do all the work at home in, in India. And um, so that's, I, I, I want to, I'm sure at some point, God willing, when we're going 10 to 20 years down the line, we'll come on to another women's one and we'll then be able to do that um, and go. And I want to, we want to start actually, we want to start documenting the making of each mission that we do because every six months is a different I was just going to ask about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It definitely. has to because I have staff in the room here. My God, they'll know the ups and downs we've had around that table, the the, the tears and the laughter. Um, and also the information that you're consuming. Yeah, you're learning such granular pieces incredible. of content. Yeah. It's incredible. I, I didn't know much about environment. I probably still don't. But yeah. what I've learned is there's – an amazing um, guy called, uh, oh, what's his bloody name? But he's got an organization. His last, uh, I think it's John Ridgewood. He has Waves for Water. He was a surfer on the West Coast. Um, he's now made these little filters that he takes around third world countries to give them clean water. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And I just, that is, that's what inspires me to go um, to do this. Yeah, and by documenting so, that, you can educate people on the process even further. Yeah. But even, the, the, I, call them, I call them my kids. I don't have children, but I kind of adopted, I don't know, 10, 11, counting the ones that were here last year, the ones that come on board now. We've got like a little community out of my living room. Any, I sit down, any content that comes in, we put it on airplay on the TV. So we show, I show them, I'm like, oh my God, look, we're doing this person. We're do, do you know who Dr. Sylvia Earle is? No. Do you know who Jane Gooden is? No. Look at this. This is the screen. Mm -hmm. And we go through that. So... That happens. That's going to happen every six months for all of us in the team, um, and we want to share that. It's like you saying about content. It's it's shareable and it's educational. Um, well, I, I want to talk about the potential impact here. Wait, before we touch on that, I kind of want to touch on the fact that you mentioned that you're meeting all these amazing companies that are facilitating, right? So you're meeting uh, companies that have filters. Do you ever say, oh, this would be really good with mm. charity water? You should connect with charity water. Well, this guy, his filter is a charity. He is a, he is a 501c3. Yeah. So he's doing like the same. But like even partnering, like expanding well, that's, the and, and that, that goes to this. So what's the impact here in terms of the, so the different revenue streams? So right now you're charging $6 for yeah. the digital download or access. Yeah, that's not happening. So you've yeah. The first one that's not going to that's not going to move the needle, right? When I tell you that, was, <laughs> well, no, well, yeah. well beyond pages, I that's agree. Than I mean, it's yeah. 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 yeah, that's cheaper than a pedicure. I know, um, but ultimately, like 
So what else is there, right? What type lots. of partnerships are you thinking about? Lots. What type of revenue streams inside? What type of native there content are you building coming. out? Um, so how, where do you envision this in, in maybe issue four, five? Oh, I can tell you exactly. Um, so we are going to go back to the first, and it's the first time I said this actually publicly. Um, a couple of months ago, someone came my way um, who is a friend and has slightly become a mentor to me um and they don't i guess realize this um actually there's three of them and they've said if you one in particular said if you can switch it to being back to two entities for profit and not for profit um i'll help you scale and i said to him 100 percent, let's do it i said because i've not earned a salary for four years and I'm kind of getting sick of eating canned stuff from Trader Joe's and not going out and, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's mm, hard. Right. Um, and nobody to... gives you that warning when you become an entrepreneur. No, no. <laughs> and it's, and it's, you know, I don't, it, I care about this an awful lot, obviously. Um, so if someone's going to come in and help me scale and grow the business, the more money on the for-profit side, it's a no-brainer because we're going to give money into the charity. So then that's going to grow alongside with us. It also means being split into two entities. The foundation side, we can do fundraisers, galas, events, that 100% money raised is 100% in that fund. We don't touch it then, which makes it, to me, was my, my ultimate goal. But it had someone to kind of slap me around the head in January go, this is why it's split into two entities. I wouldn't have known that two years ago. I didn't know. I, didn't, I haven't had business acumen. I don't know. You know, I'm learning as I'm going on this. So we want to bring in from issue three, we want to start making a documentary series of each issue, basing it in the house. If we're going to say interview Dinah von Fustenberg or Tina Brown, or we're doing a wicked fashion beauty story with Solver Sonsbo, the cameraman will go on set and document yep. that. Because I also think mm. when you're looking at, especially with fashion and beauty, when you're looking at programs on the telly, they're incredibly cheesy, I'm going to say. And um, no one actually, I don't think, really gets an insight. I mean, there's M2M, who does great content, but to actually see the makings of a shoot that goes into it at a certain level, a higher level of calibre, yeah, um, really which I think is fascinating. And I think it's, you know, there's all these entrepreneurial books of other people who've done amazing businesses i've read i read one which um kind of really inspired me the day i had the idea but the middle bit there was a massive component missing how do you raise money no one bloody tells you that how do you do an investment deck you've got to do an investment deck i only learned this two months ago i've been on this for nearly four yeah. years yeah. and i just i had no you, idea you know, the fact that you're going to be taping everything in documentary like what are you going to do with that we're gonna we want to stream it we want to stream it so know, we want to talk to the netflix just, cnn's we want to just i met so a gentleman his name is mark bacardi his company's called name. in demand great, great name and um they basically broker all the paid content on television period wow. so pay-per-view or wow. anything from the beginning of time amazing so that might be really interesting because they're looking for yeah, this type of content. It's, honestly, you couldn't make it up the things that have come in our path. And the, mm. the, my staff here can attest to that. It's been bonkers. Um, yeah. And because there's no rule books, there's no rule book to what we're doing because it's not been done before. I think it's, it has, and, and people laugh when I say this, and I say this really seriously. The third issue is mental health because of what this has put me through. And I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, they do, you laugh. 
No, but it's been really, really hard. hard. No, and in, your yeah, in your family as well. No, my family have been fine. They're in yeah. England. They're like, well, yeah. you're crazy. You're still going. What are you doing? <laughs> what, is, what is this charity lark you're up to? Until yeah. my father actually came over last August and he saw, we put the magazine together, snaking from my, my hallway. We moved the furniture aside. And this is where the skill set of being a stylist comes in. It's like doing your portfolio. Yeah. That's, the, that's the approach I took. Okay, I'm doing my portfolio. Oh, Christ, I've got 439 pages to do. And, how do I, and we snaked it through the living room through all the way through to the bedroom and we did it that way and then I had it up around it's still up around the living room wall um because we're just replacing the second issue where it's going so we can keep it and my dad saw that he went wow look at all this content I went Mm -hmm. now do you get it I said you know this is who wants to support us so we want to do documentary series we want to bring Mm e-commerce into the for-profit side um we want to do summits and seminars. Um, something that is three things that are going to remain in the issue is an alphabet series. So with the first one we had, and it's Karina's version because there's two A's and three L's and there's two S's and who cares? It doesn't matter. Um, and key to my heart, I'll help you with that. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> your alphabet. It's yeah, it's your alphabet. You know, it doesn't matter to me if someone deserves to be in there. And it's Alicia Keys and Amanda Stenberg, who cares? It doesn't matter. And we'll always have a coloring book that you can download and print mm-hmm. out and color in. And um, I think a component that a lot of actually brands have started to gravitate is the youth series that we started with. Sure. Um, and we had Especially 15... with all the bullying right now. But it's but the youth series is to every course. So the youth series was in the women's one. We had 15 girls on that one. And the environment issue, we got mm, 18 kids in this youth series. We've got some... 18-year-old, I think 18 or 19-year-old bloke from Connecticut. He's now in Finland, and he's discovering how to, um, the ozone layer and the fossil fuels. He really went into it on me, and I, for 20 minutes, and I went, Ethan, I used to be a stylist, mate. You lost me 20 minutes ago. I said, what you're doing is amazing. Can you just answer the questions and get back to us? Um, (laughs) But then for the mental health, we'll have youth series, and we're speaking to um, one company in particular, Ludlow House, wants to do four events a year with us um it's amazing two centered around youth series so we'll do one with environment youth series and one with mental health youth theories and this is what i was saying we want to be disruptive and and switch the paradigm let's have the kids on stage talking sure why why do you have like professionals kind of bleating onto everyone else let have the youngsters up it's their it's their life it's their country it's their the environment that they're going to be affected by so that's what i want to do because we often have conversations around our table. Um, I mean, I think our youngest person is 18 at the moment. Um, and I want to hear what they have to say. 100%. I think it's really cool. So it, It's funny because initially I was going to ask if you're going to hold yourself to the standard of over 400 pages, but it almost borderline seems like you can't not share all of that content. Well, we're 439 the, on the digital one. Not an advert. There's not one advert in there. So I'm hoping it gets bigger when we get mm-hmm. the advertising to come on board um, and be part of that. Or one brand underwrites it. I don't care. As long as we have the financial backing to produce what we want to produce, I'm not really fussed what kind of advertising is in or isn't in in that. Um, it's got to make sense and it's got to be the right partnership. Um, and we've actually going to have, we've just got a business development person coming on board two weeks ago who because I didn't know that you know I just want to be like Bob Geldof and go give us your bloody money yeah. that's been my approach and clearly it's not helped or got no, me you anywhere need somebody to go after that yeah. so I have someone now who's going to come on Amber knows yeah <laughs> yeah 
So it's in terms of kind of, I guess, going back, like in terms of the concept overall, when you, you know, first came up with the idea and you were first going out there and kind of sharing that with people, like what was the reaction? Amazing. Yeah. I can only imagine. Um, I can't think if there's been one person that says I'm crazy to do it. Uh, Have you gotten anything from like people in the media space that, that have said, how are you going to do this? Or, you know, just thinking about like your concept is so different. I I think, um, oh, actually I did have one person that said I wouldn't do it and I'm not, I can't say it out loud. Yeah, you can. No, I can't. I really can't. I mean, go for it. No, I can't. (laughs) Cause that could affect advertising. Fair enough. But it was someone at a very big fashion brand and they had said to me i think what your cause your i think your cause is very noble what you're doing but you'll never do it and i went oh yeah wow. i went what a bet and this is that i'm talking like a an enormous 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 american company and um um that might have been the driver right like it always is for me yeah it yeah. probably yeah. was like added fuel. if anyone says you can't do it i'm like of course really? i can right bloody watch, watch me then right. because Look who has come on board so far. You've got Ralph Lauren exclusive interview, Sam Taylor Johnson, Mary McCartney, Tina Brown, Dinah von Fostenberg, all the, Annie Leibovitz gave us, I don't have to go on and on and on, but it's, that to me is the driving force that there is a need for this and people want to have a chance to give back and a chance to have a voice. Um, and it pisses me off when someone says no to me, quite yeah. frankly. So it motivates um, really you. It's pisses a major me off driver. Yeah. Because I think... One, you cheap bastard, why don't you give us a check? Or two, you miserable bastard, you're not my customer anyway and good luck with your life, but you're not going to be part of this and I don't care. That's good for you, you know, or not good for you. Um, but that's what's going to keep you successful, right? You keep driving towards your yeah, mission because yeah. you and your heart know that yeah. you're on a path. I really do. Yeah. I Actually, I met. I, I was very lucky to meet Donna Karen um, early on, two, two years ago, three years ago, and she... Um, I, I, I just was very, I think I, I'm just really blunt and honest. And I, we talked earlier, like you asked me um, kind of what was the catalyst for this, but anyone who doesn't know the story, um, I kind of moved back to London from London here 17 years ago um, because my mother and my brother died and my eldest brother was down syndrome and I work in fashion or did, you know, worked in, as a stylist and it's not a very forgiving industry. Um, it's not very supportive kind of emotionally when you're going through something um and I found it incredibly difficult so I ran away went to New York um and struggled for all these years what do I do what do I do and then when Libby got sick I was like I'm done I'm done I'm done I'm done I don't want to but I didn't want to chuck away 18 years 20 years plus of my career and contacts and I've never ever played the game there's a lot of people in this room know me very well I'm very mouthy very honest and loyal to my mates but I can't go up to someone and your fashion lovey on them if I don't like or respect them I just that's not me um and I have to tell you just like just hearing all of that and speaking to you earlier it's one of my favorite things about you thank you thank you well welcome aboard to Michigan yeah. can you write <laughs> what do you do actually I'm ready for a new job we can talk about it know, we're talking about that we're talking about that party <laughs> I said party. to her um I want to do because we um we were kind enough to have the standard give us the boom rooms for free and absorb all the costs, which where we did the fundraiser and that was amazing. Um, and then we had um, 
Carl Otto, my friend Keith, sitting right here, I showed him the issue in July because I was finally coming to my senses a little bit and coming around to after being uh, four, five months in a cave. Um, and I showed him the issue. I went, I've got to show you, I've got to show you. It looks really wicked. And he went, wow, this is amazing, amazing. Are you doing a launch party? And I went, are you out of your mind? Look at me. I'm wrecked. I don't want to, I can't take any more. I need to figure out the money and I've got to figure out the next issue. Da, da, da. He goes, we'll do it. I went, really? Wicked. No. What, what, do you want to do boom boom music? I went, no, we've done that. Which one should we go? And he went, <laughs> how about the Rose Bowl? Grandma's I went, yeah, cool. And he was he was fantastic. <laughs> and he had the great idea to say, let's have it as a thank you party to everyone in the issue. Um, and Tina Brown came, which I was really chuffed about. And she just went, good on you. She went, you're really smart to go out digital first. And, mm. and I, that to me was a massive compliment coming from her. Um, but... Um, it was a brilliant evening. Um, I'm normally a very, very private person or used to be. I'm not anymore, obviously, because of mission. And that's okay because it's not about me. I don't think it is. It's about, a, you know, a bigger, um, a bigger calling. And after that evening, I'd never talked so much while I'm watching all my colleagues who are above the age to drink having a lovely time. <laughs> Nicely done. And I, yeah, do you like that? Do you yeah, like that? We're absolutely. very, I'm very above board. I've got kids in my house. <laughs> You're legal drink. and everybody. I've got to be legal edition. and above board. Um, and the next day, I, I, we, it was really sweet. They all got changed at my house. We get ready at my house when we go out to anything. Um, I always get shoved in the cupboard. I like where my little office is, is a little cupboard with no mirror because the girls are hogging the mirror. Karina, Kabri bag, Kabri jacket, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And we all go together en masse, which is really fun. Um, so they came to get their sneakers and their jeans the next morning. And it was miserable. And we're sitting having breakfast, crowded around the kitchen table. And I said to him, what happened last night? I went, I feel like I had a house party because you're all still here. <laughs> but there's no cleanup. And I don't have a hangover. I said, what the hell happened last night? <laughs> and I went, I can't remember much. I went... I tell you what, bloody next thing we're doing, it's a rave. I said, because I need a party. I want to dance. And, and I you wanna... need a hangover, clearly. Yeah, <laughs> no, but not even a hangover. Not even a hangover. I want, I just want to have, I want to do a wicked, I want to cause, that's what I want to cause trouble. I want to do a party. I want to do a, a actually, uh, as, aside from putting the magazine out, digital and print, we also, and all the other things, we want to do a glow in the dark rave, black tie with sneakers. That's what, so that's what I'm working on. So you can all have a night out. No one's bugging you for work, you for a job. Where's your business card? What are you up to? What shoot have you just done? Shut up, drink your beer and dance. That's I like it. That's where my next mission is. Talking about your team and obviously the amazing community that you've created, um, are there specific causes like that? you know, between your team and like internally that are being championed that you guys want to focus on. Yes. Yes. Um, there's people in my team that care about mental health coming up next. Um, and I think in a way, um, what's guided us, we've been fortunate. The last two themes been easy, uh, women and environment, um, in terms of emotionally easy to source content uh, and, and, and put it together and it's been we're lucky in that sense because it's allowed us to build digital the women one so we built that digitally from scratch first then we have printed um a few test runs 
so we can figure out there's an environment one and before anyone comments when they're listening to this yes the environment the paper will be sustainable biodegradable bags we're gonna do a small print run so we do like a supreme approach not these other big organizations where they print a million a month it's going to be a really small amount so we create that i'd rather it sell out and people miss out on it knowing it's been bought and paid for but um we have the print designed and done we have the digital designed and done we have the formula of how we want to do it now of the youth series and, and how it works because i've got it all on my wall and we'll just keep adding the pages for different issues so we're lucky that we have that but i'm nervous i guess in what the mental health issue is going to bring Why? um because it's going to be challenging to us it's going to open up it's going to open up conversations that are going to be difficult to discuss it's going to um I'm very passionate and an emotional person anyway. And I think it's, I, when I get behind things that I really care about, it's personal to me. Yeah. And I know this is going to be very, very hard, um, a hard and difficult task to keep the momentum of making it upbeat and light. Cause it has to be, it absolutely has to be. So, you know, on our team, we, um, we have an eclectic team that consists of people that are on the spectrum of ADHD mm-hmm. all the way up to, um, I mean, you name it. Yeah. And uh, uh, we have hearing impairment on our team. We have Everyone has their unique adversity that they deal with. Yeah. And we're looking into starting a podcast uh, called Superpowers because what we realize is that um, beyond our team, but the folks that we interview, everyone deals with their own limitations if you look at it that way but it excels in such dramatic ways in other areas of life and what they do um so the spin for us is that not even the spin the truth is that a limitation leads to a superpower yeah and it's trying to identify that superpower and then nurturing it yes making it a positive exactly you have to you absolutely have to um so yeah that that makes me nervous a little bit doing that one um but it's a topic that I care about and, you know, we'll be very careful. And I just, I guess I get nervous because I think the more publicly we're out there, the more people are going to comment negatively. And that's what pisses me off that, you know, is if there's a negative comment and we haven't had this, but when I see posts, someone says something negative on an Instagram, click on that person who's made that comment, private user, private mm-hmm. user, private user. And like, you spineless bastard. There's so many times I've wanted to say <laughs> something like, oh, I can't, I've got a business. I'm not allowed to say anything. You, you have a product now, Yeah. right? I mean, there's a product in the market. Yeah. Now what? Uh, keep going, get bigger, get bigger, make more noise. Cause, and I'm really grateful and thank you for you allowing me to do this this evening because I still think a lot of people don't know about it, but you know, I've got one pair of hands. I can only do so much. Um, and that's why it was for me, we either split it back to the two entities and scale it or it's done. And I'm not dead in the water yet. I just, there's so much, much more to come. I think for me, the magazine online and, and print, I think like 10% of the overall business plan I have for this. And how has social media been a resource for you? Oh, fantastic. We got, we, we got some people off the internet, off Instagram in our next issue. Um, we just reached out to an artist who's really, really cool that I saw Val Garland had posted. Um, and I was like, oh my God, he's wicked. So I sent him a DM. I think you're really cool. Can we put you in the magazine? And he went, this is really great. Can I call you tomorrow? Yeah, cool. Where are you? I'm uh, Costa Rica. Wicked. Here's my WhatsApp number. Let's talk. We spent the next morning. He's in a 10 page feature. 
It's that easy. And I did it again last night to an amazing immersive architect guy. Um, I mustn't give too much away. Um, and he's just outstanding. And I got him on social media. And he replied back last night, three hours later, we started a little chat. Um, and he's going to be an issue. So it's, and that's the thing, we don't have to, like other media brands, um, we're breaking that old formula. Oh my God, you're amazing. That's really cool. And, and I think because I've come from fashion, I didn't know a lot of this. So to me, it's really, really exciting. And yeah. on the first issue, I was like, oh my God, crap, fashion stories. We've got the fashion stories, but we're just covering the first black female sheriff of Texas. She's really cool. I'm like, oh my God, we've got to find a studio. Damn it, I haven't done that bit yet. And I kept forgetting about the fashion. Yeah. Because the women were just outstanding. So how do you recenter yourself back? Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good response. Um, good actually, I'll keep um, that in mind. <laughs> yeah, it was um um it was my birthday last Thursday and I was a real I was a real I was really miserable. Cheers, because, happy birthday. Cheers. Oh, and I was really miserable because I got so much on my plate and I'm exhausted and tired. And I said to the guys on Monday in, in the office, because I was so stressed, I went, Oh my god, it's gonna be whiskey time soon. Um and then on Thursday I went, I just thought, don't bring me cake, don't bring me anything. And on Friday they just brought bring it. me whiskey. And I had a bottle of I love it. In the bag from Marciolo. Oh, I'm sure so Bernadette sweet. said don't do it because she's Bernadette kind of she's the angel and I'm the devil. I always like push her to do something naughty and out, outlandish. And I just went to Martin, love you. I said, I love you. That's amazing. And because that bottle of bourbon was done by the end of the day, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. And just kidding. No, but um meditation. Meditation. Um I went on Saturday, I had had a bit of a panic attack, um, and just worried about the workload and I'm going to meet the deadline and blah, blah, everything else. But there's a church near me in East Village that's amazing. I went to spinning, which I love spinning because I can be at the back of the class and swear my head off. Um, I which do. I, and I have thing. a lot of ideas, actually. I texted <laughs> Bernadette when I came out, went, oh, I've got a wicked idea for the cover. Um, and um, But then I came out spinning and I was just So a wait, bit, while you're supposed to be relaxing, you're thinking about the cover, right? <laughs> I get a lot of my anxiety out in spinning. Although, um, yeah, spinning is a very It's relaxing. really good. And I swear a lot because I get that's where all the... Anyone that's been mean or naughty or just an Take it out on the bike. I'm like, get it. But I went to a church. I went, there's a church near me, and I just sat in there for half an hour. Um, listen, I'll take whatever can shut me up and keep me calm and help me sleep. I'll take anything right so now. So you have so many ideas flowing. How yeah. do you keep everything organized? Are you I don't know. I feel like my head's a little gerbil on a treadmill the whole time. It just goes and goes... I write it down. I'm a big believer in pen and paper. And do you organize it like according to an editorial calendar or? No. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what that was until last year when Anne Slowey from, used to be at L came and said, where's all your ideas? Went, here on my phone. So it's just a stream of ideas. But then she told me got to do it in sections. So I, said this, I did the second one a bit like in sections, but it moves a bit. Um, but I'm, I, topic or... I'm always, I've always been very organized. You have to be when... You're a fashion assistant and a stylist. You have to be. Sure. And I worked with Alex White and Carl Templer, and they, you can't say no to them. <laughs> you just can't. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it changes. My, I change my mind every time as well. One minute I think something's an amazing idea, and I just think, oh, my God, that was shit. You guys agreed to that. That was rubbish. But it's, it's because we're learning as we go, you know. I don't have anyone to train me the ropes.
Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. So generally, we um, we go into a third section, which is more deep dive into the personality or the, the background. I think that we got a lot. Yeah. Definitely. Out of these, um, I feel like I know you. <laughs> you know, and I, you'll and help me with that. Right, we're all gonna yeah. go to a rave. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one personal question uh, at you before we wrap okay. up here. You know, so many times, uh, I mean, it seems as though through your life you've you've been a public servant to some capacity on what I've read about you. Yes. Um, you've been raised to to think this way. Sorry, that's uh, your a great environment. Way to say a stylist, a public yeah. servant. I, <laughs> love, I love that. I think that is genius. <laughs> Non-professionally. I'll go non-professionally. No, I love it. I'll take that t-shirt. Um, I'm wondering, has there, can you, can you identify a moment in your life that uh, someone has done something provocative to you that humbled you so much <laughs> that you just won't ever forget it? So I thought of a humbling moment that I don't know if it's related to that question. Um, Christ, yeah, but I might cry if I say it. Um, Maybe include that one in your next uh, issue. <laughs> Watching my brother die on a life support machine, that's, that was humbling. That was very humbling. Um, and then expected, don't touch me, I told you I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> then watching... You're going to make me cry. You know, then two months later... I had to be at the Milan fashion shows um, and I couldn't say what I was thinking, what I was feeling, bawling my eyes out at night till five in the morning. Uh, I couldn't say anything because you're not allowed. I'm there on work and I couldn't say anything. And I actually had a really, it, it, at, at the time it wasn't funny, but now I think it's hysterical because I've got a brilliant sense of humor, thank God. But um I had a really brilliant ab fab moment at those shows in Milan. I'd been up all night, really upset, crying, and didn't understand why I had to be at the shows when um, I'd lost my mum and my brother. And we went to a, a show in Milan, and um, it was at an industry space that was downstairs. You've got an escalator downstairs, and it was, the show was a catwalk, and my, my editor-in-chief didn't want to go, so I had to go. And I had to sit front row in her seat. And I didn't want to sit there because my eyes were swollen because I'd been crying. And so I put sunglasses on, which a lot of fashion people do when it's raining and it's or it's dark. And I think they look absolutely 
effing ridiculous. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I had to put the sunglasses on because my eyes were swollen. I clearly was upset, but I didn't want people thinking I'm hungover when it was a, a much more personal reason. So um, when the show finished, so I sat front row. When the show finished, you guys will love this. Everyone ran over. So catwalks like this, all black, dark, black covering. Steps are black up the catwalk, down and out you go. Anyone that's gone to a fashion show, it's like Black Friday. They scarper to get the hell out of there. So I had my sunglasses on. I go up the steps, over the catwalk, and I fall. And I fall like Jesus Christ with my arms open. <laughs> Down like that. I was with, <laughs> I was with, I think it's hysterical now. At the time, I just wanted to just cry on the floor on the carpet and not give a shit. But um, there was someone that was older than me and, and very sophisticated and really pompous. And um, we didn't get on because I was young and cocky. And she kicked my foot and she goes, get up. What are you doing? Get up. And she walked away. And then I was so floored, <laughs> literally. literally. I was like that. And I watched five women that I know from various publications, from magazines in England. And I was on a magazine in England at this point. Step over me. They effing stepped over me. And I'm like that. And, I got, and my glasses were like, whatever. Get up. And then the woman colleague obviously complained to my boss that I'd been out and I you know I said I'd been bitten by a mosquito at night on my eyes and I had to wear glasses that because I had to think of something yeah. and I have never said to my boss even now that that's had what that's what happened because until this I'm I'm really private I was private I didn't it's a personal thing I was going through but um bloody good story though right yeah. And I tell you what, that's what drives me to make Mission really successful because I know exactly who stepped over me. Yeah. And when I see them again, when they come up to me, well done. I'm like, actually. Remember that time. Yes. Yeah. Um, who, who are you looking to connect with these days? Anyone that has... Um, a good social awareness, anyone that, um, I'm not interested in anyone coming to me because they want to stroke their ego. And I've sniffed those out for the last couple of years now. So my radar's really high on that. It's people that actually care about wanting to build a community and, and wanting to have a voice and have a platform. That's all I care about. I don't care, man, woman, black, white, I don't care who you are, what walk of life you're from. If you believe in what I'm doing and want to be part of this, God, welcome on board. It's it's a community. I don't. We've got no, we've got no airs or graces. If you've got a good sense of humour, even better. And what is the best way to connect with you, whether whether it's yourself or the journey and the the work that you're doing through Mission Magazine? Uh, we have our website missionmag.org, or you can do info at missionmag.org. Um, I see it all. Or DM on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Or DM on Instagram. Yes, yes. I've it gone after Puff Daddy on that. I've it gone after Michelle the Obama on that. DJ Khalid. I said, Can you, do you want to fancy doing something at that party? <laughs> he's in, right? Okay, he's like... Well, you got to hit him on, you gotta hit him on Snapchat. He was bit, oh, is it that? Yep. Okay, I'll try that. So, yeah. I guess you just don't have any shame in asking. Don't, don't ask, don't get. That's been my... 
Agreed. My motto in all of this is just, someone said to me ages ago, the worst they can say is maybe, because then you're left hanging. Listen, this has been a tremendous experience getting a chance to talk to you. And um, thank you so much. I know that the audience uh, for sure is uh, appreciative of the conversation. Uh, Thank you to our co-hosts, Amber, Mundinger, and... (laughs) No, what was it before? Just Amber. Yeah, just Amber. (laughs) Just Amber and Dahlia Strum, of course, and our wonderful guest, Karina Gavargasov. Thank you. You've been listening to Content Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for this show or to become a sponsor, email us at contentshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Content Biz Show. That's Content B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, contentisyourbusiness.com. Produced by Mouth Media Network. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.